You're about to listen to a message of Foundation of Truth Assembly. May the word you hear bear fruit in your heart now and always. Glory to Jesus. Hallelujah. Why don't you raise your hands and begin to give God praise. Adore the name of the Lord. Give Him praise. Give Him glory. Say, Father, we thank you. Say, Father, we bless your name. Begin to adore the name of the Most High Lord. You are alive today. Today, the very last day of the month of October. This same month of October, year 2020. The month in which Nigeria turned 60. The month in which a lot of things have happened. The month we have seen protests. The month in which we have seen violence. The month in which we have seen resurgence of pestilence around the world. But the Lord has kept you. There has been a lot of looting. There has been a lot of destruction. The Lord has kept you. Stray bullets have been flying right, left and center. The Lord has kept you. Why don't you adore His name? Bless His holy name. Bless the name of the Lord. Let nothing hold you back. Let nothing hold you back. We are not better than those who have gone. And many have gone this month. But the Lord has kept you standing. The Lord has preserved you. Appreciate His name. Don't take His goodness and kindness for granted. Don't take it for granted. Let your heart make melody unto the Lord. Let your thanksgiving be sincere. Let this appreciation be genuine. Let it come from the core of your being. Say, Lord, I bless your name. Lord, I bless your name. I bless you for where I am now. Don't look about checking who is looking at you. Focus on Jesus and focus on thanksgiving. Focus on appreciation. Focus on the big things in life. Don't worry about the things that did not go too well with you this month. Thank God for the things that went so well. Thank God for preservation. Thank you. Thank the Lord for those moments that He spared you. You were just a step between taking a decision to go to a wrong place or not. And the Lord forced you, helped you, pushed you, moved you in the right direction. And you made a good decision. And here you are today standing. Standing on today, the 31st of October, year 2020. You finished it. You are among those who finished it. Raise your hands and say, Lord, I bless your name. Lord, I bless your name. Do you also want to thank him for the word that has been coming to you every Saturday this month? This is the fifth time this, this month alone. I want you to bless the name of the Lord for giving you grace to overcome challenges that you face, that gradually you are gaining victory, you are gaining stability, you are gaining structure, you are gaining ability to advance as sons because it is for sons to overcome. It is for sons to overcome. You are gaining enough strength as a son of God, as a child of God that is growing and maturing into sonship. You are beginning to find victory routes in the kingdom. Blessed be the name of the Lord. In Jesus' name we pray. Our Father, we bless your name. We give you thanks and give you glory. Thank you for how it has been. Thank you for today. We know that all things work together for good. For them who love God and they are called according to your purpose. Lord, we know that your purpose will be fulfilled even right here. In the name of Jesus Christ. Lord God, your word brings light as we share the light of the word of god today let our hearts be illuminated in the name of jesus lord improve our understanding reduce our struggles and confusions in the name of jesus christ and by your grace uphold us into greater insight into your word and at the end a better 
output from life in the name of Jesus Christ. Let the quality of our lives improve by reason of your word. In Jesus' mighty name we pray. Hallelujah. I'm excited to, to be able to share this message with you today. It's not of him that wills, not of him that runs, but of God that shows mercy. I'm a candidate of the mercy of God. I believe that you're a candidate of the mercy of God. We should not take any moment for granted. Every moment we have, let us treasure it. Let us make it count for God because that's what counts in the big scheme of things. Today we continue a uh, series and actually conclude it. The series on overcoming challenges youth face. Overcoming challenges youth face. And you will agree with me in the last couple of days, uh, especially since the NSAS protest started, there have been a new wave of challenges that youth face that have emanated. And in my role as youth pastor, I've had to engage uh, different people on different uh, spectrum of the subject we are considering today, whether it's based on stress or it's based on anxiety or it's based on de- depression. I've had to, to counsel uh, my brethren. I've had to encourage people with the word of God. And I, I, I begin to see that this is actually one of the challenges that youth face today. You know, we may focus on some of the earlier things that we've said uh, earlier, but this is increasingly becoming a trend that needs to be addressed. As a result of the NSAS pro- uh, protest, you saw that there was a lot of anger in the land, a lot of anger, a lot of um, pain, because there were a lot of losses. People lost people. And um, there's the, a the way this kind of things triggers something in us. It triggers an emotion in us. It triggers a behavior in us. And people respond to different events differently because of our individual differences. What person A will see and will do nothing. Person B will see the same thing and will be jumping up and down. The same event. So because of that, it's, it's becoming more and more important to begin to look at these issues that are not necessarily physical that we experience as a result of things in our environment. And when I say the things we experience, not necessarily on our body, not things we experience on our body, but things we experience in our mind, then that then now affect our body and spirit if we are not careful. And many people, including young people, struggle with facing this kind of challenges. How do we cope with stress? So today, our topic is SAD. We're uh, talking about overcoming challenges youth face. And the topic we want to look at today is called SAD. Stress, anxiety, and depression. That is, how do we, as young people, overcome stress? How do we overcome anxiety? How do we overcome depression? Do you understand? Turn your Bibles with me to the book of Matthew. Matthew chapter 11. It's a very popular scripture. I know somebody will say, Pastor Jenkins always say every scripture is popular. Every scripture is popular because God is popular. His word is popular. Hallelujah. I'm going to read from verse 28, Matthew chapter 11. It says, Come to me. This is God speaking through Jesus. Come to me, all you who labor and are heavy laden. He's not talking about the person carrying um 50 kg of rice he's not talking about the person carrying 
two bags of cement on his head. Continue so you understand what the Bible is saying. He said, And I will give you rest. I know that you are carrying something. It's called a labor or a load. You are carrying load. You know, in physics and uh, time and time again, I resort to definitions so that we, we understand things properly. When you talk of stress, you are talking about a force being exerted on uh, a unit area, similar to what you call your pressure. So you feel the same kind of reaction uh, when you are talking about stress or talking about pressure. Something is pressing somebody down. Hmm? So it's saying, come to me with the load, that load, that force that is on your, on your person. Bring that load to me. And I will give you something called rest. But wait a minute. Some people's load is not physical. So that's why he's saying, I will not just remove the load from your head. He said, I will give you rest. Follow me. You will get what Jesus is saying. He said, take my yoke upon you. <laughs> but I said, I'm carrying load. He said, take my yoke upon you. He said, let us do load exchange. Hmm? Are you listening to me? You know, there's something they call Western Union money transfer. He's saying, human labor transfer. Burden transfer. Give me your own burden. Let me give you my own yoke. Listen to why he's giving you this advice. It says, and learn from me. Say, ah, I see the way you are going. There's a lot of things you need to learn from me. Why? This road you are passing, I have passed through it. I made this road. In fact, I am the way. So I know the struggles you are having. The Bible says concerning Jesus, he said, it's not such a high priest that cannot be touched by the feelings of our infirmity. He was tempted in every way like us, yet without sin. That is the things we are going through. He has gone through it. So he's saying, come and learn from me. Become a learner. Do what? Become a learner. Go and carry your placard. Put L on it. Say, I want to be a learner under Jesus. I want to learn how he coped with life. How he coped with stress. How he coped with anxiety. How he coped with depression. Because he faced everything. Everything we are talking about. This SAD, Jesus was stressed. Jesus was anxious. Could have been anxious. Jesus could have been depressed. Or falling into utter depression. Because the things that happened to us, happened to him. As a matter of fact, greater things happened to him. And he survived it. So he's saying, learn of me. Why? For I am gentle and lowly in heart. He's saying, your ability to carry the load on the outside is a function of the state of your heart. Are you following me? Follow me gradually. Your ability to cope with the stress to cope with the load of anxiety, to cope with the triggers of depression. He said it's based on something in your heart. Said, for I am gentle and lowly in heart. He's saying my heart is in a certain way that gives me the qualification to teach you how to undo what you are going through that I have also gone through. And said when you do that, you will find rest for your souls. You will do what? 
you will find rest for your soul. Do you know why there is so much restlessness in our society today? So much restiveness in our society today. So much turbulence. So, so much violence. Is because we don't have rest. Rest is missing. His own kind of rest. You know, there are different kinds of rest. He said the kind of rest he will give us is not the one that the world gives. It's different. The kind of peace that Jesus offers us is not the one that the world offers. Everything from him is different from our own. So he's saying, come with your load. I know you have issues that you are carrying. And you know, for young people, and this is, this is reality from practical experience, working among young people, there are many things many of us are carrying on our minds that we don't want to tell anybody. Many things. Many things that are causing stress. That is making us anxious or getting us depressed. Depending on how long you have been holding it. Many, many things that if we just would open up on them, our lives would be better, will be lighter. Many are weighed down. I see many young people today that are so different from many people I remember when I was much younger, growing up. Back then, you know, you see younger people were always ebullient, excited, energetic, outgoing, sociable, you know, playing with other people. But today, what do we see? You see a lot of teenagers, they want to be all by themselves. They want to be on their own. Probably with only their phone or with only their tab or laptop or, or TV or game console. They don't want to interact with people. They have issues socializing. It's so different and you keep asking why. There is a lot of bottling up that is going on. My dear, it's okay to talk. Did you hear what I said? It's okay to talk. That matter you are going through that you think is so big. Do you know how many people have gone through it or are going through it and are finding solution and you are there alone, struggling with it alone? It's time to open up. It's time to come out of it. You don't have to hold everything and weigh yourself down under this imaginary load. Imaginary but potent. Potent. Do you know that this kind of behavior has held many people down held them down from expressing their God-given potentials of pursuing their God-given purpose and goals in life because the load is slowing them down if you see someone carrying load that is bigger than them that person cannot run fast I need you to be able to run fast and that's why we are bringing this topic so let's discuss and deal with this issue let's address this matter once and for all because in life we all have burdens to carry so we need to learn the skills and get the right understanding of dealing with it because as we grow older the burdens are likely to increase so if you don't know how to handle them how are you going to cope why do you think there's a lot of teenage suicide or adolescent suicide all around the world or you just see a young person who pick a gun, maybe in the US, and start shooting people. It's something that drove them to that. They didn't start like that. They didn't start like that. 
and because people handle pressure differently, when it gets to that point, for some, they will just kill themselves. Others will just say, let me kill others and then kill myself. Others will say, let me just run away. Others will say, let me just do something nasty. Let me just end it. Let me just jump. Let me just take this substance. Let me just do this. Let me just do that to myself. It doesn't have to be. It doesn't have to be. What are the things that are causing stress in our lives? Sometimes, it's just the challenges we are facing, the difficulties in our lives. So, you are in a new school. Um, you are in a new environment. You, you are facing a change. You have just relocated. You move to a new place and everything is just so fast and so new. And you are struggling to cope. Something as little as a, a change can trigger stress in some people. And I'm speaking from experience. These are things we all experience. You go to a new place where you don't have any friend. Or you go to a new location where the people there are very different from you. You begin to feel, ah, when they are talking, you don't understand what they are saying. They must be talking about me. And before you know it, you start building images and pictures in your head. Stressing yourself out. Or you have a task that you don't know how to solve. We are all there. You've been given a task that is overwhelming. You don't know how to solve it. You will not be the first person to be in that situation. But not seeking help can become a trigger of stress. You see yourself thinking for hours. How do I solve it? <laughs> My dear, somebody has had that problem before they have solved it. So you will not be the first to have a difficult challenge to deal with. Other times that we get stressed up or become anxious is because of fear and worry. What if this one happens? What if that one happens? Or I have a secret. What if the secret is known? <laughs> or somebody is blackmailing you? I will, I will tell for you. I will go and report. I will, I will expose you. Some of these little, little, little in quotes are the things that cause stress for people. Say, ah, if this thing should happen, so what's going to happen? If my parents should know that I did so, 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 and so, or I've done so, 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 and so. Eh? So, after the blackmail, what will happen? Everyone will not fall. You cannot continue to harbor someone who is threatening you with blackmail just because you don't want the outcome of the blackmail to wreck you. If you have done something wrong, the responsible thing to do is to own up. And you can talk to counselors and elderly people, mature Christians, who will guide you in the best way of owning up. You don't have to bottle it up. You don't have to choke yourself, tie yourself in, in a small corner and let the whole pressure of the world weigh you down. You don't have to do that. At other times, the things that cause stress are events. For instance, I know there's something called exam fever. When the exam is about to come, some people, they cannot get themselves. They will be afraid. Even things they know, when they see it in the exam, they cannot answer it correctly. A question that on a normal day, they would have been able to answer. But because they are stressed up, they are anxious, they will see the same question and they can't answer it. They go for interview. What you know how to do very well. They say, come and tell us about it. They begin to stammer. 
because of the event called exam or interview. At some other times, some of the things that trigger stress and um, depression may be a bad outcome. Maybe you went to a place and you got embarrassed. Or people in a certain place talk bad about you. Or they have a bad perception about you. Or somebody put you on the spot and um, at the end of the day, you, you ended up being ridiculed. So as a result of that event, some people will just run to their corner, coil up, bottle up, and they'll be heating up. Before you know it, day after day, they are losing appetite. Their face is going pale. They cannot sleep. They cannot focus. They cannot concentrate in class. You are talking to them, their mind is somewhere else. They are thinking that they are worthless. They are believing the lies that others have told about them. They have told you, 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 you amount to nothing. They have told you, you are unlucky. They have told you, they have told you lies. It's their opinion, my dear. Don't let it bother you. There are many times that people have been wrong about many people and many things. Yours is not the first. It will probably not be the last. Different people use different tactics to hold people in bondage. It may just be them trying to manipulate you and you are taking it too seriously. Forget about them. Do you hear what I said? Don't stress yourself. Don't let stress kill you. Don't let it kill you. Some other times it may be a bad event. Maybe somebody died. You know, we react differently. Like I said before, depending on how we see things. I think there's somebody that said, what we see changes when we change how we see it. Two people can be looking at um, a phone, a phone, a mobile phone. One person may be seeing a weapon of causing social unrest. Another person may be seeing a tool for friendly communication. It's the same phone. You know, on social media, people are fighting. Um, somebody said uh, something about social media bill. Uh, we, will, we will do it, we will not do it, and all that. And there's been a lot of uh, trending memes and, you know, funny, funny comments online. It's just perception issue. Somebody is perceiving the power of the phone to be more than that of an atomic bomb. Another person is only perceiving the phone as a means of communication and sharing my thoughts with the world. So, how we see things differ. Somebody has died. In one situation, somebody else will see it as, well, this is something bad, but what can I learn from it and move on? Another person may see the same death as, oh, it means God doesn't love me. It means this. It means that. It means that nothing I do matter. It means that I'm worthless. It means that I can die soon. So depending on how each person is looking at the events, can trigger different, different reactions. But whatever is triggering it, know that this event will not stop. Hello? I know you don't like what I said now. If what's making you sad now is because of somebody you know, somebody you love that died. My dear, somebody is still going to die. It may not be today, it may not be tomorrow. Death is part of life. If it's because somebody insulted you that you are feeling stressed or depressed or somebody abused you somebody called you names somebody 
lied on you. Somebody caused you. Somebody beat you. Somebody punished you. Somebody demeaned you. Somebody abused you. Somebody raped you. Somebody whatever. It is not the end of the world. Because these things have been happening and they will keep happening. So it's to say, what do I need to do to deal with it? Because I only have to deal with it. There are no shortcuts. There are no shortcuts. There are some factors of depression that you cannot even do anything about. While studying, I was just checking, at least from, from other perspectives in life. Are there other things that trigger depression? And some of the things I saw are even amazing. I understand that genetics is part of the things that is responsible for depression and certain behaviors with respect to stress that is hereditary to some people. If they have parents who are depressed, they are likely to be depressed. Say, so, wow. So that means since you can't choose your parents, you can't choose that. I also saw somewhere that your hormones, whether you are a man or a woman, boy or girl, can also be a factor in predisposing you to depression or stress or anxiety than other people. That is, for instance, as uh, girls enter into puberty and as they go towards menopause, they have higher risk of being depressed than guys. In fact, double the risk for guys. And that's why we hear things like um, hormonal imbalance issues, um, maybe during menstrual period or during birth or even after birth. You know, that there are chances that women can slip into depression until when they uh, pass menopause, then they reverse the, 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 the risk factor becomes reversed. So everything normalizes. And you can't change that. If you are born a woman already, you are a woman. I'm not talking about factors that are outside of your control, but there are certain other con factors that are within your control. So those are the things we want to look at today from a scriptural point of view. And indeed, a very practical point of view to say, how can I deal with being sad? That is being stressed, being anxious, and being depressed. Certainly, I can tell you that God doesn't want you sad. God doesn't want you sad. So don't join the statistics. I saw somewhere that in the US alone, that more than 40 million people have been recently diagnosed with anxiety disorders and depression caused by stress more than 40 million people just to put it in perspective some countries in africa are not less they are, they are not to 10 million so we are talking about nations put together more than 40 million people in the u.s alone adults diagnosed with anxiety disorders and depression caused by stress so this is something that we cannot just throw under the carpet and say well it's for unbelievers. It cannot happen to us. It's happening to some Christians. It's happening to some believers. Does God have a solution to this? Oh yes, He does. And that's why we have started reading that scripture we read. Certainly your Heavenly Father is thinking about all these things before you start thinking about them. And He has ways that He wants to help you to deal with it. Turn your Bibles with me to the book of John chapter 16. John chapter 16, I'm going to read verse 33. Jesus speaking. He's saying, I'm not guessing. I know for sure 
that in this world you have what? Tribulation. Verse 33 says, These things I have spoken to you, that in me you may have peace. In the world you will have tribulation, but be of good cheer. I have overcome the world. Hallelujah. Jesus is saying, the antidote to sad, S-A-D, to stress, anxiety and depression is with me. And what I'm offering you is called what? Peace. Somebody say peace. This peace is deep. It's saying, I know that you will be stressed up in this world. I know that you will be knocked down in this world. I know that there will be things you want in this world that will not come at the time you want it. I know that you will be on the streets looking for what to eat, striking. I know that some of your expectations may not be met at the time you want it. But be of good cheer. I have overcome the world. I'm thinking about you. I have the solution. The things that you are worrying about. You don't have to worry about them. I am already aware that you need them. In fact, before you started needing them, I made provision. Because that's who I am. I'm a responsible father. You don't have to carry this burden. Come to me, all you that labor and are heavy laden. And I'll give you rest. I will give you peace. I will give you rest. So what you need is inside of me. Matthew chapter 6. I'm going to read from verse 25. It says, Therefore I say to you, Do not worry about your life. What makes us stressed a lot is anxiety and worry. What do I call it? Anxiety and worry. So what will I now eat? So what will I now drink? So what will I now wear? So which school will I now go to? So I will now go to pay the school fees. So um, if this one happens, so what will now happen next? Say, calm down. Don't worry. These things you are worrying about, I have made provision. Therefore, I say to you, do not worry about your life. What you will eat, or what you will drink, nor about your body, what you will put on it. You see, three categories of things here. I don't have enough time to go into deeper study of this today. Maybe at another time, God willing. Say three things. If you see uh, that first John chapter two verse seventeen, three things there too. What you will eat. That is your basic necessities of life. Your basic survival. What you will drink is not talking about water. It's talking about something that marks something like status. That is what are you going to become. Men are marked by the things they can afford to drink. In the king's palaces, they furnish it with tables of wine. And say the last one is what to wear on your body, what to put on your body. Your projection, your significance in life, the things that that sets you out, 
Say, those are the things we worry about. What shall I become? How will I survive? How will I make it? How will I blow? What will people see? How do I impress them? How do I show? Say, don't love the world. That's that John 2. Not the things thereof. Say, the, those things, they're just three. The lust of the flesh. The lust of the eyes. The pride of life. They are the same three things that Jesus was tempted about. That Adam was tempted about. They are the same three things. Say, don't worry about these things. I will take care of them. Don't worry. I have you covered. Don't be sad. Don't be stressed, anxious, or depressed on these matters. I got you covered. See what Jesus said here. Verse 26. He said, No, let me continue. He said, What you will drink, nor about your body, what you will put on. Is not life more than food? And the body more than the clothing? Look at the birds of the air. For they neither sow, nor reap, nor gather into barns. Yet your heavenly Father feeds them. And you, are you not more valuable than they? Which of you, by worrying, can add one cubit to his stature? <laughs> so no matter how, how much you worry, you cannot change anything. Worry solves nothing. Worry. It solves nothing. It's just a waste of your imaginative power. You begin to imagine, hey, what if this, what if that? It does not change anything. If you want to change something, it's action that changes it, not worry. If you cannot change something, why are you worrying about it? If you can change something, why are you worried about it? You hear what I said? If you cannot change it, why are you getting worried? Because if you can't change it, you can't change it. If you can't change it, why are you worried? Just go ahead and change it. Worry is useless. It's needless. Jesus continued in verse 28. He said, so... Why do you worry about clothing? Consider the lilies of the field. How they grow. They neither toil nor spin. And I say to you that even Solomon in all his glory was not arrayed like any one of these. Of course, here he's telling us one of the purposes of clothing is for glory. The Bible says clothing is for glory and for beauty. Say God knows that you need it. He will provide it. Stop stressing yourself up. Hmm? Stop jumping up and down on what you will become or what you will eat or where you will go. God has everything under control. You just need to hand over control to him. You see, our anxiety, someone said, I think Khalil uh, Gibran, he said, our anxiety does not come from thinking about the future, but it comes from wanting to control it. It's not about, oh, it's in the future that I'm worried. It's because I do not trust that God will handle it well. I want to control it myself. Don't worry about what is not your control. It's in God's control. Leave it there. Did you hear me? Leave it there. You can't change it. The future is not in your hands. It's in God's hands. I know we've been told... Your future is in your hands. It's not in your hands. <laughs> your future is in God's hands. There are things you can do to make it better. 
But the control of it is not in your hands. The fact that you even see tomorrow is not in your hands. It's in the hands of God. So be careful. You know, I, I was joking with uh, one of my associates during the week. And we're talking about uh, that when we're growing up much younger than this, if you see an IV, they will put, uh, we will hold so-so-so events on so-so-so dates. DV, that is Deo Volente. God willing. But now we have become so arrogant and we are so sure of everything. We don't put God willing in anything we do again. As if we control the future. We don't control the future. If there is anything that the year 2020 has taught us, is the fact that we don't control the future. A lot of us had very beautiful and different plans for this year than what we are doing today. Very different plans. A proof that you can't control the future. You can prepare for the future. And you should. And it is a responsible thing to do. And we teach and preach it. To prepare for the future. But the future is in the hands of God. And what is not in your control, leave it in the hands of him who controls it. He controls times and seasons. Leave it in his hands. So he's saying, don't bother. I move on quickly. He said, now, if God so close the grass of the field, which today is, and tomorrow is thrown into the oven, will he not much more clothe you, oh you of little faith? That's why I love Jesus. He knows how to pinch something on the main matter. He said, the real issue for this worthy is a lack of faith. Is what? A lack of faith. Quote me. The reason we worry is a lack of faith. Because once we have faith, that is, believing the word of him who holds the future and acting upon his word, we have no need warning. Why? Because he told you he will handle it. If we believe him, that he will handle it, we will do what he said we should do, which is to not worry. Right? When we worry, we are simply saying, we do not trust you enough to handle it properly. And we try to worry. Simple. So Jesus is saying, it's lack of faith that makes us worry. Say, therefore, do not worry. Saying, what shall we eat? What shall we drink? Or what shall we wear? For after all these things, the Gentiles seek. For your heavenly father knows that you need all of these things. Underline that in your Bible. For your heavenly father knows that you need all of these things. Those things that are getting you stressed, anxious, and depressed, worried, sick, isolated. Your heavenly father knows that you need those things. And because he knows, and because he's a responsible father, he has made provisions. Say, but seek ye first the kingdom of God and his righteousness, and all these things shall be added to you. Therefore, do not worry about tomorrow, for tomorrow we worry about his own things. <laughs> Sufficient for the day is his own trouble. Live one day at a time. He said, let tomorrow rest. Hmm? Tomorrow has his own issues. Focus on the issues of today. Don't worry. First Peter 5 7, he said, casting your cares upon him. Why? For he cares about you. I would not have advised you to cast your care on him just because he's saying, cast it. But he's saying, I care. Don't just think you are dumping it. You are giving it to the person who cares about how you feel. Who wants your life to be better. 
who knows the things you need and who loves you enough to make it happen in his own time. Not your own time. We stress ourselves because we want to control the time. We want to control the outcomes. In his own time, he takes the best care of you. Hand it over to him. Cast all your bodies on him. James chapter 5. We'll zero in now. James chapter 5. I'm going to read verse 13 and um, to verse 16. Yeah. See what the Bible is saying. Say so when you go through different issues in life that could have made you sad, that this could have made, made you stressed, anxious, or depressed. These are the things you should do. Listen to what the Bible is saying. We're taking it prescriptively before we go to the practical one. This is what the Bible is saying on how we should deal with it. Verse 13. It says, Is anyone among you suffering? Let him pray. Part of the things that get us worried, stressed, anxious, depressed, is suffering. You know, when you are suffering, as in really, really suffering, you wake up in the morning, as a family, nothing to eat. There is no hope of what to eat tomorrow. School fees due. No hope of finding where to pay it. Rent is due. The landlord is already coming to harass you. You understand? Different issues. Poverty. Lack. Pain. Embarrassment. Insults. Different, different issues. So, I know. If you bottle this up, it will stress you up. If not when handled, it will get you depressed. He said, I know. But when you are suffering like this, what do you need to do? He said, the, the, the solution is not for you to go and commit suicide or to bottle up. He said, the solution is do what? Pray. The solution to suffering is what? He said, pray. Are you suffering? Pray. He said, are you cheerful? Go and sing. Sing psalms. If you are cheerful, go and sing psalms. Said, is anyone among you sick? Do you know I've only recently understood that there's a link between sickness and depression? Sickness and stress. Not only for the person who is sick, but for the people who are giving care to the person who is sick. You will see sometimes there's somebody sick in the family. The entire family can be stressed up because of the person who is sick. Sometimes the person who is sick will be stressed up mentally. There's a connection between the things happening to the body that is making the person sick and the feeling in the mind that will make the person now become depressed and stressed. There are certain bodily um, conditions we go through or certain medications we take or substance abuse that some people engage in that can trigger depression. So usually, we don't see that connection between sickness and depression. But there is that connection. You know, when people are sick also, because of fear that, ah, maybe this sickness will lead to death, maybe it will do this, there's a way it can trigger depression. He's saying, when somebody is sick, don't follow the way of stress, anxiety, what will happen, what will not happen, or worry, what if the person dies, what if they do not die, or depression. He said, when somebody is sick, what do you do? Let him call for the elders of the church, and let them pray over him anointing him with oil in the name of the Lord and the prayer of faith 
will save the sick. And the Lord will raise him up. He said it's not the worry that will save the sick. It's the prayer. Why? See, continuation said, and if he has committed sins, that is, the Bible is saying there are certain times that we are sick because of a sin. And there are examples in scriptures. You know, Jesus healed a man at the pool of Bethesda. And he told him, he said, guy, don't go and be sinning again. No. So that something worse will not happen to you. You understand? So sometimes sin can trigger sickness. Not all the time. Sometimes. So he said, if that sickness has been triggered by sin, he said, there is something that can be done also. Listen. He said, and if he has committed sins, he will be forgiven. How? Number 16 is the answer. He said, confess your trespasses to one another. I've also noticed that some of the reason why people are stressed and depressed is because of guilt. Maybe they have done something bad that nobody knows. They have had an abortion. They have done something. Maybe willfully or, or not. Something terrible. A secret that they are holding. Say, you don't have to die like that. Say, confess your trespasses to one another. And pray for one another. Not just talk about it. So, and that's why there are cadres. You approach people who can do something about it. Not for gossip. Not talking anyhow to people for gossip. People who have spiritual authority over you. To pray with you. Say that you may be healed. I thought the person was talking about if you have sinned. But see the Bible saying that you may be healed. That is there can be a connection between that sickness and the sin. And the confession and prayer will bring about healing. Do you understand the logic? So this is what the Bible is saying we should do. Why? The effective fervent prayer of the righteous man can accomplish much. So this is the prescription of scriptures on dealing with stress, anxiety, and depression. Of course, in Philippians 4, 6, it said, Do not worry about anything. But in everything, by prayer and supplication, with thanksgiving, make your request known unto God. And the peace of God, which passes human understanding, will guard your hearts and mind. Do you understand? Through Christ Jesus. I think we have taught on this in this series or in a previous series. You can go and get the, the message. When you follow what the Bible has said, you will have peace. You have rest. You will not struggle. You will not be sad. What are the practical steps we need to do to deal with the issue of sadness, stress, anxiety, and depression? These are the principles in scriptures. So I give you three practical things before we round off. Number one, practical steps. Don't violate the physical principles in your control. I'll say that again. Don't violate the physical principles in your control with respect to the issues of stress, anxiety, and depression. You know, earlier I mentioned certain things that are not in your control, like your genetics, like your gender, you understand? Your hereditary factor, you can't control it. But you can control stress by good planning. I noticed that part of the reason we are stressed sometimes, especially during the exam, is because we have not done proper planning. You abandoned all your preparation till two days to exam. You will be stressed. You understand? It's just normal. So, with good planning, which is in your control, you can avoid it. With good diet, eat well. Not only 
Only bread, 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 bread. Only carbohydrate, carbohydrate, carbohydrate. Eat well. And these things are not necessarily going to be expensive. Eat good food. As much as is affordable. Drink water well. Drink a lot of water. One of the things that helps the body to run well is water. And that's how God created the body. So, hydrate a lot. We are living in a very climatic uh, zone that the temperature is high. So, in Africa, you see a lot of people are very angry. And there is, there is a science correlation to why we behave the way we do based on our climatic uh, location. So, I tell you, drink a lot of water. You, your, your mind will be calming down. Hmm? Your mind will be calming down. Drink water a lot. These are physical things in your control. Physical things that you can do. Avoid harmful substances, harmful medication, harmful drugs that some people use to calm themselves down, to, to heighten them, their, their mindset and all, all nonsense that people do. Avoid them. Avoid drugs abuse. Sleep properly. You know, this is another area that, that, that is a bit tricky. Young people now, their sleep pattern is very funny. They stay all night playing games. Uh, staying on social media, watching movies, and in the day, they can't focus. You can't eat your cake and have it. There is time for everything. The night, do what the night is meant for with the night. Do what the day is meant for, for the day. These are physical principles that if you violate, they can stress you up. They can get you sad, stressed, anxious, and depressed. So these are the physical ones. Number two, practical step. Don't die in silence. Speak out. Is that not what they call Sorosoke now? Sorosoke, speak out. You don't have to die in silence. That issue you are going through, that you think is only you, you'll be amazed. My dear, listen, listen, listen. No matter what it is, that is, you think is so, so big, I can guarantee you, you are not the first person it's happening to, and you will not be the last person it's happening to. There must be somebody in this world that you can confide in. Speak out. They say a problem shared is half solved. You will be amazed that the solution will come very easily. Speak out. Don't die in silence. Number three, which is where I stop and which is where we end this uh, series on overcoming challenges youth face, is prayer. What did I call it? Prayer. Somebody will say, is prayer a practical step? Yes! Prayer is a practical step because when Jesus was about getting depressed, when he looked at the cross that was coming, the Bible said in the Garden of Gethsemane, he said his spirit was down. What did he go to do? He went to pray about it. So, what am I saying? We pray, I remove it sometimes, not all the time. In fact, many of the time, prayer may not remove it, but prayer will equip you to be able to handle it. Ah. Did you get that? Prayer may not change that particular situation that is giving you stress or making you anxious or getting you worried or about to get you depressed. But prayer will help you to be able to cope with it. Bible says, if you give up in the day of adversity, your strength is really little. No problem. But it says that those who wait upon the Lord, that He will renew their strength. Huh? That means if I come to the Lord and say, God, I, I agree my strength is little. I feel like giving up. But I've come to the place of prayer. I've come to renew strength. There is strength in the place of prayer. Because the Bible is very clear. It said, He came first time. 
He met his disciples sleeping. He went back again. He came again. He met them sleeping. He went a third time. After praying the third time, he was ready to face the cross. Not that the cross was removed. The cross was not removed after the prayer. The cross was there. But he had received strength to face the cross. And he faced it victoriously. He overcame. If Jesus overcame by praying, you too can overcome by praying. We can overcome by praying. All these challenges that cause us stress, that want to make us anxious, that want to get us depressed, you can come out of it by prayer. You can come out of it by prayer. That suffering that is about to plunge you into depression, you can come out of it by prayer. I guarantee you there is help in the place of prayer. I guarantee you that God is able to change it. But peradventure, He doesn't change it. He can change you to be able to cope with it. And bring out His glory through you. Knowing that the excellency of the power is not inside this earthen vessel. But it's in Him, the supplier of strength. Are you ready to pray? Are you ready to hand it over? Are you ready to hand over your weaknesses? Your inadequacies? Your challenges? Are you ready to exchange it for the peace of God? Jesus is inviting you. Say, bring those issues to me. Bring those secrets to me. Bring those matters to me. Bring those problems to me. Bring those challenges to me. I want to exchange it with peace and rest. Bring your burdens to me. I want to give you rest. I want to give you peace. If you are ready, this is a personal prayer. I want you to, to start to talk to God. Lord, I surrender it. I embrace your own solution. You said I should come. That you give me rest. I want your rest. I've tried mine. It's not working. The burden on me is more than I can bear. I bring it to you today. That you help me to carry it. Lord Jesus, help me. Lord Jesus, save me. Lord Jesus, help me. And peradventure, you have not even given your, your life to Christ and you are wondering, how can I start? You can start right here. You can start right here. You can talk to him. I say, Lord Jesus, I want to make up my mind to follow you. I'm tired of doing things my own way. The things that have kept me back from you, I'm ready to confess them to you. But above all, I want to confess you as Lord and Savior of my life from today. That my life will change trajectory. That my life will no longer be going down into the pit of destruction that depression might lead me. But I want my life to go up into that place where I can be seated with you, far above principalities and power, where I can walk with my head high, shoulder high, knowing that I'm loved, knowing that I'm precious, knowing that the world view about me is not correct, knowing that what your word says about me is what is correct. I want to start afresh. I want to start anew. Thank you, Jesus. We bless your name, Father, for this series for your children, for the word that you have taught us this entire month of October. Indeed, you want us to overcome. You don't want the world to overcome us with these issues. You want us to have victory because this is what you want for sons. As we mature into sonship, Lord, help us to be victorious, to walk victoriously daily, to walk victoriously into the purpose you have created for us in life. In the name of Jesus. Blessed be your holy name, O Lord. For as many who are making decisions to come to you today, Lord, we pray that you accept them in the beloved and that you write their name 
in your book of life. In the name of Jesus Christ. In Jesus' mighty name we pray. God bless you. I'm going to invite you to our series for next month. Our series for next month is going to be very impactful. Very practical. By the grace of God, I'll be teaching us on things that you will use for the rest of your life. Skills for exploits. I'm going to be teaching you skills for exploit. You are created to make exploits. To make mark upon this earth. We'll teach you, by the grace of God, principles, skills, and you skills that will enable you to fulfill the purpose that God has given to you. God bless you. Listen to the announcement and put your hands together for Jesus. Hallelujah. Thank you for listening. To get copies of messages, kindly visit our ministry material store and also worship with us at Foundation of Truth Assembly Headquarters on 40 Stroke 42 Imam Dowder Street off Eric Mosso Lagos. God bless you.